Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. With the transition that we've been making in education, many schools are implementing new curriculums, initiatives, and giving more opportunities to learn about new research that is out there. But how do we deal with it all? In this episode, we want to share some tips for handling information overload. But first, let's hear a time-sucking hurdle from Madeline. Madeline says, hi, my school in Australia is going to implement structured literacy next year, 2024. Any tips and advice would be handy. An episode on your podcast would be much appreciated. Madeline, we're answering that that request. This episode is definitely going to be for you. I will say structured literacy is something, an, an initiative that has been implemented within the state of Pennsylvania. So it's been kind of brought down as like an act from the state saying that every school needs to have structured literacy, yada, yada, yada. It's a whole wordy situation. And structured literacy can be really overwhelming. And so for a lot of you that are out there listening and you're like, well, what in the world is structured literacy? Basically, structured literacy is taking the science of reading and it's giving the how to do it. It is the how of the science that we are getting about how children learn. And so with all that knowledge of how kids learn to read, what are those strategies and how are we implementing those into our classrooms is important. It's one of the pieces that a lot of the science is missing. And so structured literacy is that call to be able to answer that. They're saying, oh, here's the science. And now here's some like explicit strategies that you can be using to help achieve whatever the science is saying. So that is basically it in a nutshell. And if you think about literacy in general, there are five elements. Really, there should be six, but nobody's asking me. You have the uh, phonological awareness, phonics, vocabulary, comprehension, fluency. I think writing needs to be in there as well. And so with each of those, really, that's going to be very overwhelming, right? Like there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to be implementing that's brand new. You're going to have so many different strategies. It's going to be very overwhelming when it comes to information and you're not really going to know where to start. And I'm going to tell you that if you're thinking that you're going to do all of the different things when it comes to structured literacy, that's going to be very, very hard and it's going to be overwhelming. And what we're finding and what I've kind of experienced with teachers just in my area, for the teachers who are veteran teachers who've been teaching for 20 to 30 years, and now that they're having to really shift so much of their practices, a lot of them are leaving. They're kind of saying, you know what, I think this is it. I'm kind of stepping away from it because it's just too much for me to like totally reinvent everything that I've been doing. So take your time. Don't stress. But I think a lot of the tips that we're going to give you in this episode is meant for you, Madeline. So I'm happy that you explained all of that for two reasons. First, because I myself needed the overview because literacy is not my expertise. I will have people who message me and they're like, hi, my fourth grader is needs help with reading. What do you recommend? And I'm like, why are you asking me? I'm the last person you should be asking. And then I always tell them to go to 
bridgingliteracy.com. But (laughs) the second reason I'm happy you explained all that and bless Bridget, because I just kind of like signaled to her on Skype of like, keep it going. And I took off my headphones and like left the screen because in my office, the door doesn't stay shut. Like it'll be shut, but then it can very easily be pushed open. And E-M-B-E-R. I'm not oh, going to say her name because uh-huh. she'll come rushing in here again. She had like booped it with her nose and she knows when I'm in here and the door well, is closed, like don't come in. And she's like peeking in here. And I'm like, lady, here. it's because we've been recording five episodes. Yes. And so it's been a long one. And so she knows she's like, why is this lady taking so long? <laughs> like she it has. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. And blessed because usually like Billy will be here downstairs kind of entertaining her, yeah. but he was going to the gym this morning and then picking up groceries because I have off from the gym today. So he figured he would get that done while I'm recording. But as a result, uh, little miss, somebody had to put her nose into business, but <laughs> I'm not going to speak too much about the structured literacy, but more so just the kind of information overload. I feel like this has been a cycle repeating for years where as much as we want to say like, oh, but it's worse right now. I think every generation has felt that at some point. You know what I mean? Newness and like change always feels overwhelming until it gets broken down and applied and that newness wears off. Like once you get comfortable with the change, then it doesn't feel as daunting. Now, the downside, especially in education, is that as soon as that happens, there's something else that's new. And so it's a never ending cycle. Yeah. But I think it's important to adopt the right mindset and realize a lot of times these new changes feel overwhelming, but they can actually be for our benefit in the long run. Think about when online grade books first came out. That revolutionized record management for teachers. They no longer had to do it by hand. Now, there are still some teachers that have trust issues with technology and do it by hand, and that's fine. But I guarantee you when online grade books first came out, there were so many teachers who were like, this isn't faster. It's like, you know, the program freezes. It (laughs) takes forever. Like there was all of this pushback. And now we have seen that it makes it much easier. It can find averages for us. It can print out missing assignment Mm -hmm. sheets. Like it can do all of these things. So as we go through the episode, I think we just need to kind of embrace those changes rather than feeling stuck. And thankfully, we're going to share a few tips and tricks for kind of managing that information overload to help bridge that gap between overwhelm to it feeling comfortable and kind of doable. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the very first tip. Tip number one is to find a way to store the information. So we talk a lot about having systems on the podcast and a system is really going to help you to stay organized and relieve some of that pressure off of your brain, allowing space to be freed up so that you can focus on what's important right then and there. So find a system for capturing the information that you're getting from your administration or during any form of a PD. We recommend using Google Docs or the Notes app if you are an Apple user. You can start by breaking down the areas that you need to focus on. So like you can have a folder for math, for reading, for behavior, etc. And then from there, you're going to have a folder that like houses all of your notes. So the key here is to be intentional with what you write down, okay? The more notes, 
the better because the chances of you remembering what you meant by that phrase or that word several months later is like some to none. So really take the time to write out as much as possible using bullets, bolding your headers, highlighting any key areas, having a spot for questions that you might have to write down so that you can come back to it is really beneficial. If you can perfect that method of note taking, it's really going to help you a like later down the road. Now, before we jump into the second one, we're going to take a quick break and then Michelle is going to come back with tip number two. Bridget, our listeners didn't even know we were expecting, but do you want to share the good news? Of course I do. We have a new baby. That's right. We have a new digital planner, but this one is personal. Yes, our new digital personal planner is now available in both Google Slides and tablet versions. Plus, it's a one-time purchase to reuse year after year. That's right. The personal planner is undated, which means that you can reuse it again and again without making a new purchase. You can grab it on sale 20% off for the entire month of February in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store. So consider your purchase a baby shower gift for us. But in reality, this planner will be the gift that keeps on giving to help you organize your personal life. So we hope you love your new bundle of joy. (laughs) So the next tip is going to be embrace the information like a trip to the store. Hear me out on this. You do not go to the store and buy every single thing, even though it's available to you. You go in with a list and buy what you need, plus probably some little impulse items every now and then. It's fine. We don't judge. PDs and new initiatives within education are basically the same way. You're most likely not going to find 100% of the information relevant and useful, Mm -hmm. and you're most likely not going to immediately apply 100% of the strategies right away. Instead, you have to embrace what works for you, your teaching style, and your students, which means not buying in to everything, but also adopting new ideas and strategies a little at a time so it isn't overwhelming. Now, (laughs) some stores you go in, you might want to buy nothing because it's not your type of store. If I go into one of those outdoor world stores, like I am not intrigued. I'm bored, okay? But there are other stores where you go in and you want to buy everything like the container store or vitamin shop or GNC. The same is true for these initiatives. Some might sound awful to you and you're super pessimistic about their ability to realistically work in a actual classroom. (laughs) We've all been there. But some might also be really exciting and like you want to do all the things right away. But regardless, you have to show some restraint. Browse the store. Look for something that you can use. Put like almost like a budget on yourself, right? And then ultimately show that self-control and remind yourself you can always come back. You can always add more strategies later. The store is not going anywhere, okay? Now, sometimes certain initiatives, they they go bankrupt and they get shut down really fast. But <laughs> you see, this analogy works really well, I would just like to say. But I think just keeping that in mind as you go through can make it much, much easier to digest that information. I am... <gasps> trying to hold all forms of restraint for not cracking up during that entire explanation because an image of you in an outdoor world. (laughs) 
This is the best. All right. Tip number three is to take baby steps. Don't try and do all of the things at once. Some progress is better than no progress at all. So if you're starting with a brand new curriculum, trying to do all of the parts might seem really overwhelming in the very beginning. So one strategy that I've used as a coach when starting something new with teachers is to really break that lesson down into smaller chunks. Now, bringing back the chicken analogy, people, all right? If you have a baby or as a grown adult, you can't just like stab a whole chicken breast and shove that sucker in your mouth. I mean, you could, but you would choke like there would be all sorts of situations that are just not good at all. Not a great visual. But what we do with that chicken breast is we break it into little bitty pieces and those little pieces allow us to be able to digest that chicken so much better and to actually, you know, get it in your mouth. Um, But as you start to feel more confident in one specific area, try adding another component. So for example, for the teachers that I've been working with, they're implementing new foundations routines for like phonemic awareness and phonics. So we started with like 15 minutes and now we're going to start adding a little bit more. We're adding decodables and encoding and doing it this way will really help you to feel more secure and it's going to and it's gonna better prepare you and your students to understand the routines and the procedures to this new curriculum or the strategies that you're starting to implement. And I'm gonna chime in with one final little cherry on top tip, which is to find a way to make it exciting. I feel like cherries make things exciting, right? Now, this is especially true if it is an initiative or new strategy that you just don't love. Ask yourself, is there something you can get or try to make it more intriguing or at least motivate you to get started. This is like when you buy new workout clothes to motivate yourself to go to the gym or you buy a new water bottle to motivate yourself to drink water. We have talked about the self-determination theory of motivation, which says there are three components of motivation, autonomy, which is like your Mm -hmm. choice, competency, and relatedness. But I do think there is something to be said about gimmicky things, you know, those little things that can motivate you to get started because ultimately action is what leads to results and those results are going to continue your motivation. So sometimes you just need something to get you to take action, to kind of get the ball rolling. So this might be a new planner, <clears throat> teach you on the double digital planners at teach you on the double.com slash store. Maybe some fun pens if you have to do like running records or a new chair for a new reading program. Find something that makes you want to like try it and embrace it with a more positive attitude. Keep in mind, we can't always control the situation or external factors, but we can always control our attitude and effort. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully as you've been listening to all of these tips, we understand that whenever you're starting something new and you're kind of in that situation of information overload that you don't really know where to start, you're really frustrated with the situation, hopefully these tips are going to help you when it comes to trying to implement this into your classroom in a really practical but simple way. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode 
episode, we would love for you to head over to the website teachingonthedouble.com and submit a time-sucking hurdle. We want to know what is sucking up all of your time to hopefully maybe be featured here on the podcast or to have a podcast episode totally inspired by you. Thank you, Madeline. And we would love for you to subscribe if you are not already. All it is is a free way of telling your podcast app that you want to listen to us on Thursday morning so that it's there ready for you. Uh, to listen. And then we would love for you to take some time to leave a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.